So the reading uh, for this week is Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 through to 17. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish each other with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude, in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to see you. I wonder what the boldest fashion choice you have ever made is. Take a minute to think about some of your youthful things that you thought really worked, and then maybe you realize later that they really didn't, or maybe somebody told you that they really didn't. About 10, maybe 15 years ago, I like to pretend it was longer ago than it really was, I went to a Welsh beach, and I was wearing jeans and a hoodie, and I decided to pair that combination with fuchsia stilettos and bright neon yellow leg warmers. Um, I don't know why, but thankfully my fashion sense has toned itself down a bit. And that was a bold fashion choice, and it was totally inappropriate for a beach, let alone a Welsh beach. But I think usually, as people, we're quite good at dressing for a purpose, aren't we? We might wear office clothes to our job, or holiday clothes when we go to the beach, 
or pajama bottoms for Zoom meetings, or fancy dress, or fancy clothes for parties or weddings. We kind of dress for the occasion. We dress for the people we know are going to be there, and we dress for the responsibilities we might have once we get there. If I turned up tonight wearing my very cosy, very snuggly unicorn onesie, you probably wouldn't have expected me to get up on the stage and start preaching to you, would you? And tonight, so tonight we're continuing our sermon series on Colossians. And as we've been exploring this letter the last couple of weeks, the theme of hope has really been coming out, coming to the front. The hope we can have, not because of circumstance, but because of Jesus Christ. It is a hope that directs us it is a hope that motivates us and is a hope that inspires us. So Colossians 3, 1 to 17 is all about clothing ourselves with godly living. It details the hope that motivates us, the choice we have, and our ultimate reason for doing it. So I'm just going to pray as we spend some time looking at God's word together. Father God, thank you that we are here to worship you. We are here because of you. We are here for you. I pray you would direct my words tonight as we explore your word. Thank you for it. Thank you for the privilege it is to be able to gather together. Jesus, we look to you tonight. Help direct us. Amen. So the passage Andy read to us is, there is a lot going on in it, and it's amazing, and there's so much I wish I could say, but I've decided to try and focus in on three things. Number one, we are motivated by Jesus Christ. Number two, we have a choice in how we clothe ourselves. And number three, our goal is unity in Jesus' name. So number one, we are motivated by Jesus. Paul starts, since then you have been raised with Christ. And just from that opening line, we can get a flavor of all that he's been saying in the preceding two chapters. He's been exploring Jesus' death and resurrection, and he wants to bring the story of Jesus to the Colossians' minds. And as we read it now, that is still what we're trying to get the flavor of what Jesus has done. God rescued us from the dominion of darkness, it says in chapter 1, verse 13. He reconciled us, chapter 1, verse 22. He made us alive in Christ, forgiving all sins, chapter 2, verse 13. All there is to follow in this passage, all the demands of holy living all the talk about clothing ourselves, all of it needs to be understood in light of Jesus and his sacrifice, what he has already done and achieved. Holy living isn't a prerequisite for following Jesus, but it's rather a response because of all that he has done. And it's a response that takes seriously the incarnation the crucifixion, 
the resurrection, the ascension. It's a response that takes the story of Jesus seriously. A response that hopefully recognizes the magnificence of Jesus, his majesty, his divinity, some of the things we've been so wonderfully singing about tonight. And holy living, when I say that, I mean living the way God wants us to. Living what he thinks is a good life. Jesus is our purpose. The one who is seated at the right hand of the Father. And that's a wonderful thing to remind ourselves of. Paul instructs the Colossians to set their eyes on things above. I find it very easy to get distracted by the things around me, the things in the moment. I've got a one-year-old, so you kind of have to stay very focused on what's going around you, otherwise you will end up covered in something. (laughs) But Paul isn't saying to ignore the things around us. He's not saying ignore our culture, ignore our jobs, ignore our families. But he's reminding us and the Colossians about what it is and what it should be that's truly motivating us every single moment of every single day of our lives. I think sometimes it's very easy to forget that Jesus acted on our behalf before we did anything. Sometimes the world kind of conflates Christianity with rules and laws, and it speaks negatively of what Christianity demands. But God rescues and redeems before he requires. In verse 12, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, it's our identity as Christ's people, his body, that should motivate and inspire us. So number one, we are motivated by Jesus Christ. That is what should be directing our actions. But number two, we have a choice in how we clothe ourselves. And choice requires action on our part. It's not something that's just going to happen. We make a choice one way or another, don't we? Verses 5 to 10 detail some of what the earthly nature is. And Paul is quite unapologetic in his language, I think. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. I think it's fair to say that we've all walked in old life ways. We have all done things in those behaviors. We've all been impure or lustful or greedy or selfish or angry. I know I have. 
And probably there are days and times and moments, even now, even those of us who really love Jesus, who are really passionate about Jesus, who are really motivated and inspired by Jesus, there will still be moments when we will make the wrong choice and we will live in those old patterns of behavior. When I was thinking about this talk and sort of the direction it should go in, I was really reminded of the time I spent in hospital last year. So I mentioned I have a son and I gave birth last June, so it was in the middle still of all the sort of COVID regulations, so the hospital was, no visitors were allowed and it was full PPE all the time and it was quite a strange, stressful time. But me and Elijah, my son, we were constantly being monitored and given antibiotics and just checked up on. So I had quite a lot of time to watch and observe the amazing, the amazing amount of midwives and doctors and staff who looked after me. And one of the things I was thinking about was their PPE and how after the smallest interaction with me or Elijah, they had to change it. They had to take it off and they had to bin it and they had to wash their hands. And I was just thinking about that and thinking about this intentional safeguarding, this protecting, this need for cleanliness. And it evoked a powerful challenge in me as I was thinking about these verses. What if our approach to living and sin was that intentional? The passage implies as a whole, I think, that we have this powerful choice in how we live. And I've mentioned that we face choices every day. And most of them are quite simple. Oh, should I have coffee or tea for breakfast? What, you know, stilettos and leg warmers should I wear today? <laughs> um, should I, I don't know, cycle or take my car to work? But actually, all of us know we also have those bigger choices as well. We have those sort of old life versus new life choices. Do I react in anger or grace? Do I lie to get out of an awkward situation or do I tell the truth in love? Do I puff up my own importance or do I seek to serve? Do I hold a grudge or do I forgive? And those choices are really hard. But Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Take it off, bin it, get away from it in order to safeguard the new life that Jesus has called us to. It's a beautiful new life. I was thinking about this PPE again, and I wondered how much the staff maybe grew to resent that. And if you work in a hospital or any other um, sphere of life where you had to do that, thank you. Thank you for the choices you've made and the decisions and the way you have taken that sacrifice upon yourself. But I wonder if there were times when you grew so frustrated thinking this isn't making a difference or it's not worth the effort. But it was and it is worth the effort to safeguard our lives, our new lives. Verses 12 to 14 say, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, 
with humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. All the words that are quite hard to achieve in the day-to-day humdrum activities of life. But what would our lives be like if we were daily intentionally choosing for those things to be the things we were clothing ourselves with? Ridding ourselves of that PPE, like after those interactions, after we've messed up, just saying, actually, you know what? It's a new moment. It's a new day. I'm not going to let that define me. I'm going to let what God says about me define me, that God says he's forgiven me. And I'm going to start fresh again. We are already forgiven. How wonderful is that? And if it's so wonderful, if you believe what I'm saying is wonderful, that we are forgiven no matter what, then what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because I can stand here and say all the pretty words in the world, but it doesn't matter because you have a choice and I have a choice. We have a choice to bear with one another, to forgive one another. And overall this, put on love. Love which binds us in unity. Us ragtag bunch of followers. Have you ever looked at the church and wondered, how does this work? And obviously we know sometimes the church does get it wrong. But we are united because of Jesus. We have something in common because of Jesus. And, you know church with all our failings and all our faults love for God and love for each other is what will unify us where do we need more compassion kindness humility gentleness patience in our lives and in our relationships in our interactions in our meetings where do we need to actively check and choose because Jesus rescued us to live a life worthy of being God's chosen people. We're not looking at verses 18 to 25 um, today, but they do go on to detail some of the places where it is so hard to put these things into practice. So in our family and in our work especially, And I think all of us need special prayer and encouragement from those around us in those two spheres of life because it's dealing with people and purpose. So maybe just tonight, spend some time praying through those two specific spheres, asking God to challenge you or to encourage you or to speak to you about how you can clothe yourself in those two specific areas of family life and work life. And finally, number three, the last thing I want to say is our goal is unity 
in Jesus' name. So verses 15 to 17 again say, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I don't know if you've ever been a member of something like a club or a sports team, maybe something where things were expected of you, like a special uniform or, I don't know, you had to sign up to a, like a club's values or ethos. And we are called members of Christ's body. So it is Jesus who brings us together, like I said. Jesus who gives us peace. Jesus who gives us hope. Jesus who saves each and every one of us. We have Jesus in common when nothing else. He is the one who sets the ethos that we've signed up to, the values. And he is the one we are to be forever thankful to. Thankfulness is another really big theme in this letter. But it's a thankfulness that has a direction and a name. Thankfulness to the one who sacrificed his life so that we could have new, beautiful life with him. Jesus is the one who brings unity. So to recap, we are motivated by Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. We have a choice every single day in how we clothe ourselves. And our aim is unity in Jesus' name. I want to end just sort of resting in verse 17 because every time I read this passage, it jumps off the page to me and smacks me in the face. It is such a challenging verse. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, That is my prayer for us tonight, that we would be a people, a church, individuals, a community who do that, who are motivated by Jesus, who clothe ourselves in godly living, living the way Jesus would have us live and who are unified in Jesus' name. I just want to spend some time waiting and then I will pray, but I just want to invite the band to come back up. I'm going to read that verse again and then just have a moment of quiet for you to do business with God. You know your relationship with him far better than I ever could. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.